0: Welcome, listeners, to Five Questions, a critical mass visual arts podcast in which we ask five questions of our interviewees aimed at positioning and contextualizing their respective bodies of work within the St. Louis art world. This episode, we're talking with Amanda Verbeck. Micro and macro, universal and personal, large and small, simple and complex, these relationships and dichotomies are central to Amanda's creative endeavors. Using science and nature as her inspiration, Amanda creates work with cellular structures, plant forms, and the human body, focusing on the often small and forgotten elements that are all around and part of us. She strives to bring unseen worlds, both literal and figurative, to the forefront, highlighting their intrigue and beauty. Amanda Verbeck was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. She received her BFA in printmaking in 2001 from Washu in St. Louis. After graduation, she continued to gain knowledge about collaborative printing through a master printer apprenticeship with Marianne Ellison Simmons at Wildwood Press In 2006, Amanda opened Pele Prints. She also continues to work as a studio artist, creating prints, collages, and mixed media works on paper. Well, so first of all, thanks for joining us, Amanda. We appreciate you being here. Happy to be here. And this is our first in-person one in a little while.
1: Hooray! So, you know. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, everyone enjoy the audio quality. I'll say that. (laughs) So our first question, Amanda, as always, is, is just why art like what drives you to to create
1: so this one's i feel like this is one that probably a lot of artists have this answer which is you don't know how not to right, right? like yeah I, it, like it's some sort of compulsive insane behavior and <laughs> so we're stuck with this diagnosis for ourselves and we just have to cope so hence art right mm-hmm. and um so for myself, I, I don't feel like my story's very different, although I feel like I've tried to get away from it at times, <laughs> and it keeps pulling me back in in different ways. I remember after I graduated from college, I was so burned out. I was just exhausted. I had, you know, obviously been in school as long as I could remember, and I'd been making art as long as I could remember, and I, I just said, I can't do this anymore. So, I became a professional organizer. Random, but you know, (laughs) you you have these conversations with yourself and you say, Well, what are my skill sets? You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, this was something I could do and um, did that for a couple of years and was helping some folks locally with organizing artists and art business owners. And so, it just right back in it you yeah. know and, and <laughs> yeah long story short in 2006 I opened a printmaking studio and here I am <laughs>
0: Yep, right it's funny how those things that you're good at just kind of like you find yourself in the same places over and over again yeah it like kinda... you circle back yeah, right? and <laughs> yeah I, I remember absolutely.
1: stories from my mother because I don't remember this but I um I was two and my mom was like eh, she was pretty non-traditional in her parenting And she really wanted me to go to this Montessori school. Right. And so she took me there and I mean, they'll start kids really young in Montessori and they give you some little, I don't know, like, can you give a two year old tests? I guess, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So they give you some tests and, and after the tests and the meeting and sort of like meeting me, I remember the, the guy who was in charge of the school, my mom saying that uh, he was like, look, if she wants to draw on the walls, you let her draw on the walls, okay? No matter what she wants to do, you want to encourage this girl, you know, to mm-hmm. do anything art related. And so my mom kind of went with that. She didn't nice. put any parameters on it. Right. <laughs> and I did have drawings
0: on my walls in my room. And wow, that's like the ideal artist childhood situation. I kind of think so, <laughs> yeah. And
1: I my first studio ever was at my mom's business she was in graphic design and topography so she came at it from that Mm -hmm. end you know so I get a lot of my creativity I think from her but she's owned her own business for a long time and uh, and I remember there was this weird little room it was basically like the furnace room there was the furnace and the hot water heater and then my Drafting table, basically, you know, and all of my art supplies. <laughs> so they just sort of shoved me in a room mm. and uh, hoped I'd leave them alone so they could work.
0: <laughs> well, and so she works for you now, right? Early?
1: Kind of, kind yeah. Of- I, we like to say that it's it's sort of turnabouts fair play because uh-huh. <laughs> right. she had me convinced as a child that filing was fun <laughs> and like all of this stuff. So it was really just child child labor, right. pretty <laughs> yes. much. But now the tables are turned, you know, and she's semi retired and um has definitely been a huge influence for my business. I mean, seeing your mom as a a successful business owner for all of your childhood, yeah. It definitely influences you and sure. in the end my brother, my dad, my mom and myself all own our own businesses. So Whoa. I think it must be in our blood. Yeah,
0: that right, that entrepreneurship. <laughs> so The second question is, where should your work live and where does it live? You can take that however you want.
1: (laughs) So I think it depends on what work we're talking about. Yeah. The collaborative work that I do, where it does live, tends to be in more public or shared spaces. So think hospitals, think Mm -hmm. business, corporate situations, you know, lobbies, um, hotels, Mm -hmm. a lot of hotels. These are the places where you'll find a lot of the collaborative work that I do through Pele. And some of that's just the logistics of it, right? These are big pieces. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, having those big presses, one is 5 foot by 10 foot press bed, the other one's 4 foot by 8 foot press bed. Yeah. So the work can get pretty large. And if you think about the average home, right. um, <laughs> you might have one wall that you can put a really big piece on, but, boy, when you buy that piece, that's it. You're done. Oh,
0: yeah. That's you know, how our house is. We have one wall. One wall. And that's it. <laughs>
1: Mine's pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's not, it's not something that you're going to find unless you're dealing with people who have...
0: Giant houses. And-
1: giant homes. Yeah. And, you know, they're dealing with their designers and everything else, which we've done, and that's great. Um, my own personal work, I don't know if it's been a... Reaction to working so large when I'm collaborating, but my own work tends to be much smaller, more intimate. Mm -hmm. Some of it might also just be uh, efficiency on my part because when you have a five foot by ten foot press and you have a you know 11 by 15 inch print, you can print 10 of them at once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ta da. Edition is done, one nice. run through the press. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not a bad deal. No, not at
0: all. Um, so just to pivot a little bit, the next question is about what you think should happen in St. Louis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, wherever you want to go with.
1: That. I was gonna say, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I feel like that's a, a minefield yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the art world. I'll, I'll just dip my toe in that one slightly when it comes to the arts. I don't think St. Louis has really supported my personal business very much. Mm -hmm. That there's a lot of reasons for that, right? But ultimately what it comes down to is that if I relied on what happens in St. Louis only, Pele Prince wouldn't be here today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's probably something that's always been I don't wanna say an issue for me, but something that I wish was different. Yeah right because I've born and raised in St. Louis I I would love for art to be more important to people here (laughs) I think that would be awesome but sometimes I have like Kansas City jealousy you know (laughs) big time where I'm like oh man why can't we figure this out you know and so I kind of I, I kind of hem and haw about that but ultimately I realized that in order to keep my business going, I had to think outside of the St. Louis box.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And um, like I said, mixed feelings about that
0: one. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad. You know, it's good for people to listen to the podcast to hear artists say that because because yeah. <laughs> I think I think people don't always realize, especially like the people with the with the the money and the wherewithal to collect on a broad scale on a I, regular basis. Well, right, and I mean, I think what we hear from Artists a lot, and like my experience, and I'm sure Brett's too, is like you have artists collecting artists, yeah. And so, you'll get you'll like trade a piece, or you'll have like we have a few, but we have like small pieces because exactly. we're not rich, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right.
1: And that is kind of how it goes, and I, I think that's sort of unfortunate, yeah. I feel lucky that I work with some folks who are trying to change that, right? Um, the the ladies over at union studio have been shifting toward having art as as part of their uh, shopping experience and they have a couple locations here in St. Louis and and they they're doing well selling art um, for St. Louis, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's that's always the caveat for St. Louis. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's relative to Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and and
1: I I'm excited that they're doing that and it's wonderful to see and so I'm you know, support their endeavors wholeheartedly. Right. Um I I just know for myself that hasn't worked. Yeah. Um, for various reasons.
0: Right. And I think you're definitely not alone. I know. That. I <laughs> know when talking
1: lot. to people I'm like, why do we all have to suffer this? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And and as an aside and I'll I'll make this brief, but I, I think it kind of unfortunately sometimes breeds not the healthiest of relationships between artists. Right, because it's sort of this limited resource. We're in this pond together. And scarcity. Scarcity. You know? yeah. There you go. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's totally it. And yeah. so, I don't feel that with my collaborative bent, my my need to collaborate in my my art making, yeah. that it's always um, that St. Louis is always a place that seems to understand that because it's more. Competitive than right. collaborative, right. and that's maybe something else that I wish was slightly different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, so what's something that you wish someone would ask you about your work?
1: Anything <laughs> for the love of God, anything. <laughs> um, I think I posted something about this recently on social media that, um I often feel like the minute I tell someone I'm an artist, it's like you just see them shut down. And um, maybe it's because I'm talking to people who really don't have a lot of experience with art. And I understand that art can be incredibly intimidating to folks who don't understand it, who have never been exposed to it. And one of my friends thinks that perhaps this is a... uh, a lack in the uh, education end of what we do for children that we don't teach them how to appreciate art anymore or maybe we never did, who knows yeah, I, I'm not really sure but I think that I'm just excited when somebody shows any kind of interest in, in what I do and when they realize that I don't just make posters <laughs> that's when I'm like, yes yes, thank you, you get it at least a little, you get it right so I, I'm happy to talk about what I do. You know, you have everything from your 10-second elevator pitch to your hour-long conversations with people. You know, the easy one for me is I tell people I play with really big stamps, you know, because most people understand what a rubber stamp is. Right. <laughs> and so if we're keeping it simple, they go oh, okay, and then the conversation moves on, (laughs) and you feel as though your existence doesn't matter that much (laughs) but then you're reminded in moments that, oh, people really do they do care, they're interested but please, ask artists questions
0: (laughs) Yes, I'm often struck by how many people like, just people who don't know much about art, don't realize, like, what prints even are, like, they think Mm -hmm. they're like drawings, I guess, or I don't and know I mean,
1: there's something to that, right? A lot of I, I feel like a lot of printmakers at heart are drawers, sure. <laughs> illustrators, right? Because that's kind of how the plate often starts. But then again, I mean, the kind of printmaking we do at Pele, it's its own thing, mm-hmm. you know. And and I, it could be any kind of mark making, yeah. and really, printmaking allows you to do that in so many ways. So some some of the mark making is very painterly very painterly you know and um has nothing to do with drawing but a lot of it is rooted in drawing so i i guess i understand the connection yeah um
0: see and you're like so open to being charitable when people talk about it too so they <laughs> should try please please try <laughs> <They can come. laughs> Yeah. I
1: am alone in my studio <laughs> daily. I just want someone to ask a question.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just just not like what's this supposed to be? Just yes. like a little try
1: <laughs> There you go. That that's true. That's yeah. true. And and when you when you deal in the abstract stuff, uh that's definitely I think part of what's off putting about yeah. what we do, right? It can be it can be so foreign to people and they're like, Well what's it supposed to be? You know? does it matter? (laughs) Maybe not, right? Um, That's actually something that started my own, this Biome Press endeavor. Um, We were talking about the pandemic earlier and how that's affected us and I think I just had this moment where I realized I just need to go back to drawing pretty things. Mm. And so I went back and just started drawing plants. And feeling really self-conscious about that Mm. and feeling like I thought I'd moved past this quote unquote, right? That somehow as, as a, as an older artist now that I should not be drawing flowers and botanicals and, (laughs) and then I kind of went, wait a minute, you know, this, this is for me, Mm -hmm. this is for me. And if this is what I need right now and what I want right now, that's okay. Yeah. And oh, by the way, pretty much every artist in history has botanicals in their... <laughs> <laughs> it's a common ...portfolio.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the last question is always just, what is your end game? It sounds mm-hmm. like you have a lot of plates that you're spinning right now.
1: I do that. I wear a lot of hats, yeah. right? And maybe that's the end game is to just stay... Keep making art and keep making it as my my living... Mm a few years after I opened the studio that's when the um, 2009 sort of housing crash whole nightmare happened and it was like within a very short amount of time I had to reinvent what I was doing at the studio in order to just keep the doors open and obviously we've all done it again (laughs) ta-da, here we are (laughs) and so I'm I'm okay with that, though, in, in a way. It doesn't bother me. I mean, that's one of those lessons I learned from my mom, the idea of being able to pivot. Right. And I know we all hear about, oh, we need a business plan and a mission statement and a this and a that. And I kind of feel like sometimes you can get mired in that stuff. And I'm not sure if it really serves you past the initial steps of starting mm-hmm. yeah. I, I prefer to be more in the moment and maybe react to what I'm seeing right now and making, making changes as you need them as you
0: say there's a lot to react to right now oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. So, you, yeah so
1: the end game is to, to to do this until I until my body can't anymore and Printmaking's pretty physical, and especially yeah. at the scale that I do it. So I'm I have no illusions that I'll be able to do this forever, especially not by myself. But um, I do think it's, you know, I have I have some wear and tear that's showing up in places, especially in my hands. So time will take its toll. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep on keep on making the work.
0: Yeah. Well, Amanda Verbeck, thank you. Thank this you. Is great. <laughs> Five Questions is a program by Critical Mass for Visual Arts, a nonprofit self-formed visual arts collaborative dedicated to promoting, enhancing, and initiating contemporary visual art in the St. Louis region. You can get it on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on criticalmassart.org slash fivequestions or on Twitter at criticalmassstl and Instagram at criticalmassart. This episode was with Amanda Verbeck and me, Joe Colburn. It was edited by Sarah Hammond and produced by Brett Williams.